All right, people, take your seats. We're back at it with another episode. With me, as always, to my left is a man that has been on not one, but two stops of the Taylor Swift Eras Tour. (laughs) This man has won more softball bat raffles (laughs) than anybody in existence, or so he tells his girlfriend. As always, coming at you from the studio, he's wearing a lovely lime green Dennis Rodman shirt this evening. For your pleasure, Professor Adam, everyone. Thank you. Yeah, um... I believe that uh, this gentleman on my shirt may have been a lottery pick. I believe he was a lottery pick in the NBA. I don't think he went undrafted. I'm pretty sure he was in the NBA lottery. So, I led you to that. That I knew that, well, and so that I was just leading was nice, to that. Yeah. I was leading you to that that transition. We're doing an episode on something that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, I know I've probably influenced Professor Chris poorly on it. But the lottery is something in my life that is different from other people, I think. And I think maybe it's just the way that I approach it. Um, Gambling addiction is very real. And if you do have issues with it, just maybe understand that I'm just talking out of my ass when I say some of this stuff or tell yourself that. If you need help, get it. It's very important. But the lottery is sort of like a bright and shining thing on a sad day. For me, for me, it's it's an for me the lottery when you presented this, it was an iceberg. I saw the top of it. I saw what I know in my lifetime as the lottery. <laughs> the Powerball, Mega Millions, Scratchers, all that shit. What I didn't understand is that the lottery in one shape or another has essentially been around since well, shit, well, okay, so you got oldest professions, prostitution, mm-hmm. right after prostitution, you have gambling. Yeah. Like, there's just something, and the lottery is a gamble. And so as early as man figured out how to get people to do something for a long shot at a prize or an opportunity, there has been the lottery. I I think that throughout life we downplay gambling so much. Like, gambling takes so many forms that you really can't call every one of them gambling because some of them are just like everyday events. You take a gamble when you do a lot of things. We just in talked life. about Everest last week. That's like a form of gambling. Yeah. yeah you're, you're literally gambling rolling, you're gambling your life. Your life. <laughs> yes. But lotteries have just always been something that I've really enjoyed, whether it be just like a 50 50 raffle that's happening at school. Anything like that is sort of a lottery type event that will get you fired up and you will enjoy it. buying a, a raffle ticket at a car show or anything like that. Like that shit is just cool to be like, I could win that GTO up there if I win this raffle. That's just that thought, that dream. I think what it is in in essence is you're buying yourself an opportunity to believe something good. Yeah. And, you know, how much How much is a lot of with the research we were doing? What were they talking about the lottery? Like a dollar? And it's like, that's that's fucking cute. A podcast yeah. I heard talking about it is like, you know, you spend a couple bucks. I'm like, how are you fucking buying? So at this point, what do we have? Powerball tickets up to $2, 3 with the extra like power player, whatever the fuck it is? Uh, I think a line is... Three I think bucks. It's three bucks now. Okay. See, I, I've always been more of a Mega Millions player. And yeah, not I'm a, a Powerball. Powerball. Yeah. Which... We got it both covered. We have a deal. Yeah. And yeah. we got it covered. Um, yeah, let's hope it... Hey, it doesn't have to hit big for us, folks. And we're going to we're gonna be blowing this kind of shit out of the water for you guys. No, a lot of the things that I tell myself, contrary to what the numbers are that I'm going to give you, lottery's 50-50 every time. Either you're going to win or you're not. The, the thing is, is, too, is this weird in a 
like a, a mental way, it allows you to essentially for, for $9 and three shots at all of your dreams coming true. When you buy a lottery ticket that entire day, at least for the first few hours is full of nothing but the possibilities that you're going to use that money for. That's why I said it's a fucked up coping mechanism it, for me. No, it is. Like, but what I'm if saying I'm having is, a rough day, I'll go buy a Powerball ticket just so I can think about the things that I could do. That's with, what I'm with saying is like you know that you don't have a fucking shot. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. But what it does is it it allows you like a form of escapism, which mm-hmm. I know that doesn't sound good psychologically. No, not. It's horrible. But no, it's it's such a weird thing that for something. A, a less than a tenner or even three dollars if you get yeah. one line it can somehow put your brain into such a mindset that you're just like oh we've got this shit in the bag it's definitely compensating for something you should be able to think through yourself but All yeah right. it's it, like you say it is just escapism well let's find out how long this psychological game has been around let's roll the dice let's scratch our tickets and let's find out about the lotto this the board is just plan b that's exactly why the board's plan b because plan a is like work and try to have a a normal life of a nine to five and all that shit plan b is always lottery this is the plan b see usually you don't want plan a to fail Mm -hmm. you want plan a to fail so badly that you want plan b to have to be the not have to be the option you want plan b to come and get rid of plan a you want plan b to strap a pipe bomb to plan a and just completely blow it Mm -hmm. out of the water just as far as lotteries go, I had no idea how far back this shit went. That's but what I'm it saying. makes total sense mm-hmm. because humans love to gamble. It's not just that. It's like we were just talking about. If you have people, you know, here's the for anyone that does not know, for the most part, how the lottery works. I'm going to focus more on like a Powerball type drawing. I don't mm-hmm. know what it. There's probably differentiations. I know there's scratch offs. I know there's like numbers type like Kino and that kind of stuff. And there was, those are derived from like Chinese games and all that crazy shit. And then you have like your drawing type lottery, like your Powerball and that kind of stuff. But there's something about like offering somebody, especially like in ancient times, people that didn't have a lot going for them and basically being like, this gives you a chance. This gives you like, isn't that worth a little, like a few shillings or whatever they were putting in. And so many people were looking for a better life. Just like today, there's just more fucking people to do it. But they would be like, it's such a little amount for such a shot at such a big amount. Why not? And as soon as someone was able to put those things together, that concept together and say, you know what? I bet we could have a bunch of people pay us money for a shot at a portion of that money. And then we just keep the rest of the money. There's a... A word that I'm looking for, I want to say it's called digressive tax. Do you do you feel like, because you also then have the government-run aspect of it, where you had these ancient civilizations and ancient governments 
that we're basically putting on these lotteries in order to fund public work projects like we do with taxes and everything now to build roads and that kind of shit. And so you would take a portion of everyone pooling their money together as part of the lottery. Part of that, that winning would go to fund whatever public work or whatever it was going to be. And then the remainder of it would be awarded to the winner. Yeah. And sort of in that vein, rich people don't play the lottery. No. Like that's, they're already there. But they do gamble. Yeah, they they gamble in a way to where they know, and some rich people, that's why in essence, just like going forever back to the Donut King episode, winning the lottery is the American dream. Do you feel like the the, the way that they differentiate, I, I can't speak to this as a rich person, so I have to just wonder, <laughs> do you think part of it is that with the lottery, it is completely outside of their control? With gambling... Most of the time, it is completely outside of their control, but the fact that they get to roll dice, hold cards, make decisions, it gives them essentially semblance of control enough to feel like they can be successful in that. I almost like you think that they could have a hand in their game of chance. Correct. Like the the reason they don't like the lottery is because they don't get a hand in it. They get a hand essentially in other forms and other, you know, table games, things like that. And so they're like, this is now just on my skill. And my skill has made me rich and successful at this point. So I'm obviously going to win this. Um, part of it, I think, is table games, slot machines. Uh, we'll talk about the advent of scratch cards in a little while. But it's instant gratification. When you buy a lottery it's ticket. It's a dopamine spike. Yeah. W- when you buy a lottery ticket, you could be three days away from the drawing. So all and, you have to do you're is just wait. peaking on. I know, but you're also, like, if you're thinking about it, you're rising that entire time. And then the fall is just like three days later when they do the drawings. But if you're rich, do you really have that rise? You already have everything. No, you you have spikes. So I think that's what you're talking about. It's that putting down 10 Gs, 20 Gs on one hand. You're spiking Mm -hmm. as they're drawing those cards or as the fucking ball is hitting on the roulette wheel or as the dice are going ready to slow down. And then it's either spike and then it shoots up and keeps going even further or it's instantly down yeah so it's you're not having to wait that it's just an instant spike of euphoria and then disappointment and i it's sadism Sadism. (laughs) full disclosure i love gambling i know that that's not great i also feel like i have a pretty good handle on it uh, I don't. You do. You just have a horrible judgment when it comes to picking racing horses. Yeah. How many have you killed up to this point? Two. Not indirectly. The indirectly, too. Indirectly. Yeah. N- not not indirectly. I got a third. He's still doing well. He just had surgery. Just got off surgery. He's, That's he's doing not well. good. Any, no, uh, I mean, they said it was relatively minor. Any surgery for a horse <laughs> is not good. All right. But it's something. Will this be the last one? Promise me that this will be. If this one ends up not making it, will you just promise me no more horses? Can't win if you don't play, man. That's just how it works. Pick a greyhound. The next one could always be the winner. Switch animals. (sighs) Ostrich racing is a thing. uh, All right. So getting back to the actual lotto, let's let's track this thing back to the start. Yeah, they. It started, you know, just (laughs) sort of crazily out of um, politics. So. All it is is a lottery is just a form of gambling that involves uh, drawing a number at random for prizes. And in the 6th century BCE, the Athenians, so the Greeks, uh, they used a process called sortition. And they used it to pick like governors and juries. And technically, we still use a form of sortition to choose our juries. Yes. Um, so sortition would be, there would be a pool of candidates chosen. So you would have to, I, yeah, I remember this. So you would have to 
first, it wasn't just like uh, the public all gets numbers and they no. whoever like and all of a sudden Bob the Cobbler is now the governor of Athens or the ruler of Athens. It was out of a group of people that were selected and put forth. And then it was a random drawing out of those yeah. people. So you'd interview 500 people. You would cut it down to a hundred candidates. Every single one of those candidates would be given a number. There would be a drawing, a random drawing. They would pull out a, a ball or a slip or something like that. If your number was in there, you got to move uh, on. A shard of clay. Uh-huh. A shard Could of be. pottery. So round two, same thing. Um, they do the the interviews and everything again to make sure that they have the best ones. If you pass that, you go into a drawing again. And then for every position that there comes up, your number is drawn. You get that position until all the positions are filled. So it's literally just a lottery for political positions in the Athenian government, which, I mean... I don't know how you would call that really democratic, but I guess in a way it would be so random that if you're selecting from a pool and the pool is a previously chosen and it's an accurate or at least a semi-accurate representation of the variety of citizens that you have, you're then leaving up to chance who's going to what representation of what group of citizens is going to get the most like you could have a larger collection of citizens that vote all their people in. And you get left with 45% not being represented. In this situation, at least, it's all equal up at that point. That's, of course, saying that out of those 100 that initially get picked, mm-hmm. there's an accurate variety in there. But, but, that's, I, but it makes everybody have to be ready to kind of step up. That's why I fucking love Or not. Word. You just get some fucking clowns in there. Yeah. The word chance, though, is just the fucking... It's the most beautiful word that can have so many synonyms depending on how you're using it. Because chance could be called by God from this random number. Can I interest you in a game of chance? Yeah, like chance could literally be any driving reason that your number was picked other than just it's completely fucking random and there's no rhyme or reason to it. Like you can lie about that and say that anything is a game of chance or, or anything is divine just, it was a divine choice i just see some guy walking into his uh what, what do they call houses in greece villas and walks in he's just pissed off and slams down a scroll on it and his wife appears and she's like what's wrong and he's like instead of like how people would be pissed off for jury duty mm-hmm. got jury duty, he's like i'm the fucking governor you gotta I have to be try, the governor though. for the last next two years well I, that was sort of the other thing was i think um the terms weren't super long. So no matter how much they believed in this whole chance thing, they didn't want those people to be in power by chance for the longest time, just on the off chance that they are shit at their jobs. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) So you needed that turnover pretty quick. Um, We also see this again, another thing that's near and dear to my heart and I'll explain it. Um, Second, third century BCE during the Han dynasty, there was an early form of Kino that left slips that have been found. Um, they're called Pakkapios. Slips or tablets? Uh, I think they were just like little smaller. I don't think it would have been papyrus. I don't think Chinese people had at that time a form of like paper. So tablets. little. Yeah, it okay. would probably have to be tablets. I'm just trying to envision, are we talking Fred Flintstone type filling something out like Hammer chisel, ding, ding, ding. I don't know. I mean, based upon what a Kino slip looks like, and that's really what it was. It was called the White Pigeon Ticket. What was the name? Pakapui? Pakapui, I believe. Or Pakapiu. Do you have to stand up and shout it when you win? <laughs> it would be fun. Is that a Kino thing? Uh, I, just, yeah, I you... just know when I'm walking through Vegas and I see the Kino pit, it's like usually three people in there. Oh, dude. So this is what I'm talking about. 
Um, Keno's one of the best games to play if you're betting on sports games at the same time. Because if you're betting on sports games, they usually put Keno in some casinos right next to the sports book. Mm -hmm. So you can be sitting in the sports book watching all your bets on the TV. But then you can also be throwing two and three dollar Keno tickets and have the Keno board right up there. So in between watching games, you can just be sitting there and betting on Keno. You're in such a happy place right now, aren't you? It's some of the best times <laughs> of my life have just been spent sitting watching sports and watching bets and just sitting there and having a stack of one dollar bills and just running a two dollar Keno slip up. You might win, you might not. Okay, it's, so Keno is a form of lottery then. Yeah. So explain essentially because I'm not super familiar. I know with Keno you have to select is it five to seven numbers or something? You have to hit them all, or is it? You can do a max of seven numbers. Um, I forgot the exact payouts. It's been a minute since I've been able to play. Uh, cause we're not in a, a legal gambling state like that, but, uh, it's basically, you choose these numbers at random. Um, and then you wait, balls are drawn and I think the numbers are one. So you two. want your number to not be picked, but be remaining, correct? You want your numbers to be picked. Oh, okay. So whatever numbers that you black out, if you black out five, seven, 42, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff, those are the numbers that you want to see. Come okay. Up. Gotcha. If you get three numbers, correct. Your, your payout starts. And it can build, build, build. You have a Keno jackpot, just like you have a lottery jackpot. If you hit all seven numbers, you get the Keno jackpot. Okay. Um, it's just a hell of a lot of fun, and it's a really cheap game. So it's not like you're spending twenty dollars a hand to play it. So you can you can ride some money pretty pretty decently. And if you do, you know, hit a couple numbers, you'll get a little bit of a payout to where you can just completely recycle it. All right. But those were kind of the first recorded signs that they found so far in Asia for gambling. Uh, Roman Empire did something very similar. Uh, they had these festivals called Saturnalian festivals named after, uh, Saturn. Yeah. I think he was a Greek God or a Roman God. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, the Roman gods were more of like, they were like ripoffs of Greek gods. Yes. They, they just have different names. Um, but they were held during these special times, these festivals and, Outside of the festivals, I think that might be cash. I might have to reload it. Right. But outside of festivals, ooh, they're getting see how the sausage is made. They uh, <laughs> the sausage is baked, how it's smoked. <laughs> yeah. it, during these parties that they would have, every guest that would show up would receive a lottery slip, and they did have enough um, prizes on hand that sort of they, it wasn't as much as like the money that they were taking in. So but, the house was keeping some. Yeah, and that's that's just how the lottery works. But every single one of these people would be guaranteed something. So it's almost like a secret Santa or like a white elephant. Swag bags. Sort of. Everyone's yeah. walking out with something. But you know when you see like the fancy dinnerware show up and everybody wants that and your number doesn't get drawn and you got to take home like a, a hay-stuffed horse or some shit like that, you're not going to feel as great as the people that took home the silverware set. Um. They also did sort of the same thing. 15th century Italy, you have council members that are chosen at random, sort of the same way that the Athenians worked. Um, And those would be chosen five out of 96 people every six months. So that's the turnover that they were having was they were doing it every, every six months. Unfortunately, that wasn't enough to satiate the Italian thirst for gambling. And they started to uh, replace the names that they were betting on would be winning these tickets. So initially when they were drawing for the members um, of like the board or anything like that, they Mm -hmm. were just betting on who they thought was going to be drawn. Like, well, we can't do this or we can't wait every six months. Let's just replace the numbers or the names with numbers. 
and then let's just start drawing lottery balls. So they balls. already got the itch. Yeah, yeah. They they had Fuck, a little I can't, bit. Oh man, do you guys just love election time? <laughs> Could you imagine that if we started at like primaries and put like a hundred bucks on your guy? I think we already pretty much know. We unfortunately. already do primary bingo. Where yeah. like it's like who's gonna say the crazy shit? Who had someone like showing up in a clan robe? Our, our political fucking... system's so fucked up. I think we kind of know the winners. But if it was truly like a starting line flat, it would be really fun to bet on candidates and see how far you could take them. They need to also put candidates through some type of like American Gladiator mm-hmm. type challenge so you can see their physical prowess. Mentally and physically, all the same shit. So also one thing I kind of saw about like Rome is the lottery was not always a good thing. No. So you would get situations like within the Roman legions and everything where if a unit or like a, I don't know what they considered them a brigade or a group of soldiers, whatever would essentially like have situations happen in combat where they would bring dishonor or they were cowardly or anything like that. Basically that entire unit had to draw straws. <laughs> they picked out 10 guys, I think, and they had to draw and like the short straw would have to get killed by all the other guys in his you unit. Just get Usually, pummeled. Yep. Like bludgeoning, like getting bludgeoned to death. So yeah, there were certain lotteries that you did not want any fucking part of. And that would be crazy too. Like what if you were the guy in that company that was just fucking mowing down people and you had like the most kills out of anyone. And they're just like, well, do you think at that point they're just like, uh, not you, not you, uh, Ramicus. No, I, you, you go ahead. Um, actually, why don't you run over and message someone in the tent and then we're going to get this thing squared away. Yeah. Well, and you got to think if you're the top dog that just beat everybody in combat and then you draw the short straw, everybody in your company is thinking you're going to put up a fight and it probably might not end well for some other guys. So maybe you want to redraw. That's true. But like you were talking about earlier, how the house takes a little bit. <laughs> you, you, He draws the short straw, and he's like, I'd like to draw again. He's like, does anyone yeah. have a problem with me drawing <laughs> again? And everyone's like, mm-mm. <laughs> this one seems long enough, correct? Yeah, yeah, definitely long enough. When you were talking about the house keeping it, um, parts of the white pigeon ticket actually went to funding the Great Wall of China. So they had like a breakaway tablet part? No, it, like they... Part of the funding that they would bring in using the lotteries would go to pay for the construction of the Great Wall of China. And so much of this stuff Mm -hmm. is the state using that money. The Romans, when they would do their lotteries, it was the exact same system. They would use that to fortify the city of Rome and start protecting it. And we just see it sort of coming through every single century. And I want to try to instill this because we are a people, I believe, that just don't like taxes. No one likes fucking taxes. But but keep that in your head. We don't like paying taxes, but there's a certain thing that happens that I feel like nobody in history is like, oh, fuck, they're getting us. They're tricking us. So uh, 1566, Queen Elizabeth issued 400,000 tickets at 10 shillings a pop. They were sold for a grand prize of 5,000 pounds. And basically What's all, the shilling to pound? Um, is it like a hundred? hundred shillings is pound. I'm just trying to build up in my head what the what the take would be. It could be. I want to say that I had it written down somewhere. Okay, we don't know, but it's going to probably be a pretty sizable amount. Any British of our, listeners. Yeah, yeah, any of our British or English listeners, if you would uh, please comment on this and let us know. Give us a little help on that. But that was to rebuild ports and build new ships for the Royal Fleet. Yeah, so instead of taxing the people and making them pay for new ships and all that shit, they're just like, hey, we're going to do a lottery where you could take home 5,000 pounds. You're still, you're taxing them, but you're doing it in a way where you're just allowing enough to be set aside 
that it makes everyone ignore what all the other money is being kept. And I got a brilliant plan. Because no one knows how many people are purchasing. Oh, well, there's 400,000 tickets. Never mind. With the other lottery, you technically don't know. No. Well, they they put out the numbers, but in order to figure that shit out in your mind, it's just a very astronomically large number. But 5,000 pounds, I'm assuming, could probably change somebody's life in 1566. Like, that's not an unsizable amount of money. And this leads me to an idea that could maybe fix our society. Unsizable? Huh? An unsizable? Is that Insignificant. Not? Okay. <laughs> I feel like those are okay. similar. Okay. One of them might be a word, one of them might not be a hey, word. Hey, but always, always be improving. <laughs> I like unsizable better. Mm-hmm. Okay. But these numbers, I think, are enough to probably be worth the squeeze to look the other way on all these new ships and ports that are being built with money. A lot of new ships, huh? <laughs> they don't know where it came from. Um, and to get to us... To get to America's side of things, 1612. 20 shillings in a pound. How many? 20 shillings. So 5,000. Okay, this is too much. Skip it. Yeah. Someone comment on it because you know us with math. Bad. Not good. Uh, We got the Virginia Company of London, and they actually held a lottery to help establish the people of Jamestown. This is where lottery literally shows how it shaped places. Yeah. And it was just like, you know what it reminds me of too, is like, um, fuck, do you remember that? I remember like seeing it on as kids. They always played on TNT, Far and Away, the one with uh, Tom Cruise. I think it might've been Nicole Kidman, but where they're young and he has to go and claim the land when they do like, what I feel like is that was a form of lottery too. You had to be like drawn and eligible to be able to go out and do like homesteading or like claim a piece of Uh, land. Another lottery, you were chosen to go out and take this land that you could stake out, but in order to keep that land, you would have to improve it. Mm -hmm. So that sort of became like a way of life. (laughs) Do you think it was uh, like a submissible lottery or they were just like, hey, we're holding the lottery to see who's going to fucking Jamestown. And was it a situation where like, we won the lottery. It was like, fuck, we won the lottery. (laughs) I think you could enter it too. I mean, I don't huh. think any of this what stuff do you is mean mandatory. Two? Do you think, okay, so you think it's just, we're looking for volunteers yeah. to enter this lottery. Okay. Because it does take time. Like the, I feel like there were probably situations where it's just like, yo, we're holding the lottery. Oh, how, do we have to enter? Oh, you're entered. Well, what's it for? Uh, you're going to settle the new colonies. I think it was Queen Elizabeth for those 400,000 tickets. Mm-hmm. It took them like three years to sell all of them. Jesus. So it was just enough money that they but finally... do you think follow me on this do you think the entire time they're selling you know they're up to 350k they've made 10 shillings you know per ticket that they've already sold are they just already as soon as they open this thing up they're just putting that money to rebuilding ports and ponzi scheming the shit out of it and they have to build up the 5,000 shillings and they built up the 5,000 during like (laughs) at 490k they're just like okay the rest of it i guess has to just go to the 5,000 or they're yeah very well could be they're like, why are they haven't done the lot of a lot of new ships around? These ports are looking pretty good. When's the lottery drawing again? Where's all this extra money coming? Yeah, no from? shit. But lotteries were a huge part of colonial life because all of these different little settlements could hold these um, lotteries to build infrastructure. So to build roads, to build any sort of like libraries or town halls, anything like that. You're I was just going to say something, and I realized that the way I was describing it exactly describes the situation nowadays. I was like, man, can you realize how, like, desperate these people would have to be to just be, like, putting money 
when it was so scarce into this lottery and everything. <laughs> and then as I said that, I go, well, I guess it's not any different now. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That the lottery has sort of become unchanged, or it's it's just, it hasn't changed. Like the whole It's just technologically evolved. It. Yeah. Yeah, we figured out ways to make it safer to do. But to be like, hey, we need to tax you guys extra to build these roads. Everyone's like, fuck you. That's why we're here in America. We don't like taxes. Like, okay. And then two days later, some guy pops out. He's like, hey, does everybody want to win 100 pounds? Hey, we're going to lottery you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, you're we're just- going to, we're going to tell him you see them change. He's like, we're going to lottery the shit out of you guys. <laughs> What's that? Well, it's where you guys give us money and they start getting angry. He's like, but for the chance to win some of the money, they're like, Oh, okay. Keep going. Yeah, I, I like what you're saying mm-hmm. now. I, I, we didn't like where you were headed. You had us. Uh, we're here now. But uh, Jefferson ran lotteries. Uh, Washington ran a fairly unsuccessful lottery. But I think, and this is just me not writing things down when I heard them, but I think there's still Washington tickets that you can buy, like lottery tickets with Washington signature on them. Is that what? You, have you already looked into buying? Is this what you're gonna get? No, because they're going for like I want to say it was like fifteen thousand oh, dollars right. a pop. Okay, I'm not touching a fifteen thousand dollar. I'm gonna get too into the weeds on this, so pull me back out here in a second. Yeah. Okay. In colonial America, stuff is kind of centralized, but then also like very spread out for like farms and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So it would be, in my mind, very hard to ensure everyone was contributing taxes. I'm sure there was a tax system on goods and stuff like that. But as far as like income tax, like things like that, they're maybe harder to keep track of, especially that early on. But with a lottery, you're bringing all those people to the table. They're coming to you. You've discovered a way that by shaving off a portion of your money that you'd be taking in to give out as a prize you're now not having to do the legwork of collecting, going out and collecting. All the collection is coming into you. And I would assume, I'm not sure because we haven't really talked about the colonies yet, but I'm sure people paid taxes and grain and shit like that. Yeah. Like I this just, was a monetary thing. I just think it was have. more so in this situation, like it was almost preferable to taxes, it seemed like. Yeah. Because it, like you were, you were pulling in all the people in addition to people that were already paying probably taxes in one way or another. Absolutely. It's just a sort of a... We've been getting tricked this whole goddamn time. <laughs> and that's... Yeah, dude, that's all that it is. Uh, Dartmouth, Princeton, and these are either the whole entire universities or like major parts of them, which technically they built the campuses this way. Dartmouth, Princeton, Columbia, Harvard, Brown, saying a lot of Ivy League shit here. Uh, Yale, they were all built or like I think extra you just named the entire Ivy... Did you just name the entire Ivy League? I don't know if Dartmouth is. I think there's a couple others that were maybe missing. But all of that was built from lottery revenue. So we built higher education from lottery money. Like some of the original like core institutions. Yeah. Like, yeah. So some of the first colleges that were here were here because of lotteries. Uh, like that's – it just blows me away the connections to everything there was. Uh, Continental Congress used lotteries to buy firearms for the Revolutionary War. Like they were able to make enough money through lotteries at this time when we're trying to separate ourselves from England – we didn't want to fight England completely, so we're like, hey, do you want to have a lottery? If you have a lottery, maybe we can win this thing. And we'll give you a little bit of money back, but we're going to take everything else that we collect and arm our guys to it's go like and a, liberate us. So I feel like the comparison to that is also, I'm going to be speaking on something I don't know all that much about, war bonds. So I think the whole point with war bonds is you would buy them, 
and there had to have been some type of incentive with war bonds. So I'm wondering if when you bought a war bond after a certain period of time, you could then turn that back in for an additional portion of money on top of what you bought it for. It was probably like a CD. They probably had like a 3% return Yeah, and that would be what, you know, after 20 if, years. If, you're, if the patriotism of the war wasn't enough to have you buy these for support because you could just give money and then, you know, not expect something in return or get it back later. But yeah, I wonder if it was almost something like that to where it was like, we'll get lotteries for people to pitch and have a small portion that can be like kicked back. But then, yeah, that, that makes perfect sense in order mm-hmm. to go ahead and drum up. Cause it sounds a lot better when, again, when you're given something back, but you're really just like, no, we just fucking need your money and we need to make it look like we're not just taking it from you. Cause we're already fighting one war here. We can't, yeah. we can't be fighting against the populace cause we're taxing you guys too much. Not to mention war bonds are kind of brilliant because if you promise them a 3% return on investment in 20 years, mm-hmm. either you're going to win the war and be in better shape to be able to pay those back. But if you lose, you're yeah. not really in charge of paying anybody. Someone's back. using those delight of fire. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so so either way, um, this is when the temperance movement sort of really sets in. By 1859, lotteries were banned in 10 states, and by 1890, everywhere but uh, Delaware and Louisiana were banned. So as religion starts to get in, I'm sure, and this is just my speculation, there's no real fact behind this, but you'd think that the temperance movement probably wouldn't like it because of like sinning and all that kind of stuff and the sin of lottery. Also, they would probably like some of that money that people are spending in lotteries too, right? Like you can gambling see, on God. Yeah, well, and you don't want your populace to not have enough money to pay into Tithings the collection like plate. That. Yeah, yeah, because of that. Well, here's the other thing too. Like, so if what if at this point, okay, so the lotteries were beneficial from a government standpoint because they were another way, if not an easier way, to basically trick people into paying taxes for stuff. At some point with these states, you know, that are banning these, because again, this seems like a state decision, mm. not a national decision. I wonder 1859, if, we were states. So I wonder if states were looking at it like, well, these people are blowing all this money on this lotto when we could just not have to kick back any, and we have a more reliable system of taxing instead of even having to kick anything back. And by giving, keeping an option around for either the lottery or taxes, if there's both those options people are going to argue and say like, what the fuck was wrong with the lottery? Mm -hmm. Like we were, we at least had the chance to get something back where now you guys are just doing the same shit, except we're not getting anything back. If that was option was still on the table, of course there would be pressure to push back for a lottery. But if you ban it, then you're taking that option away. Yeah. There's there's just nothing that you can do for it. And I think it probably would be a mix of something like that. And then churches just felt that it was a sin. the puritanical nature but of like, what But, like, what this... was the justification? Like, I'm sure, like, d- did you see any, like, it's a sin? Like, what about it is a sin? You're gambling. Probably the game of chance and the, the devilish nature of it. I think that some you religions... You in God is a game of chance. <laughs> well, I, religions probably wouldn't be super pumped if you were playing a that's dice a game and you rolled that, three that sixes. Really is a, come on, that's a gamble, right? What? Religion. You're rolling yeah, oh the yeah. dice. It's the ultimate gamble. Yeah, you're rolling the dice that not only is there something, but that also that your something just happens to be beating out everybody <laughs> else's correct. somethings. Yeah. Uh, so we really see kind of a, a push to the underground. And in true fashion of anything that people really want that gets banned, just like every illicit drug, just like everything that you can think of. Whenever Pro- there's a- what, what made everyone want to drink? Prohibition. Yeah. You're making, I- it, you're making it naughty. Hey, 
don't play the lotto. That's bad. He'd be like, I just want to fucking lotto even harder now. Yeah, man. And so much of this stuff went underground. Number games became huge. That's right. That's I was about to say that. Number games were in communities where they would be sending runners out to houses and collecting numbers to bring back. And they would like figure out how to post them incognito in the paper to see who won these numbers. Yeah, games. they would do a drawing like some type of randomized, and I'm doing air quotes because the number games started getting fixed real quick. Yeah. Oh but yeah. number games, you would basically, because you had to communicate, it was uh, it was bookies that were running them. So basically look at it that way it was when it was illegal. And crime and, families. And there would have families. to be some type of randomized way to select like which news article or which sports scores were going to be picked for it. So they would be like, okay, these games are assigned these numbers. And then they would figure out which numbers of games, which games they're using. And then they would take the score, the away score, the home, like something like that to randomize the numbers and pick their, and then people would be given the key out and about and being like, here's how we're doing our numbers, who wins? And they would say, look at this article, look at these numbers and everything. And then you would determine if you won or not. Well, kind of brilliant. It is kind of brilliant. It's brilliant to give people the illusion that there's going to be a chance in this. Well, what happens when those numbers hit and then you come in and show your ticket and the house or whatever is like, oh, well, we also had someone else's numbers hit. Or two other guys' numbers yeah. hit. And those two guys just happen to be the house. They don't have to prove to you who it is. So now they still might have to pay you. If you're getting a third of your prize. But you're getting a third of the prize, and they're taking two-thirds of it. It, it. it seems like it's – I get how, like, when people are desperate and everything. Can you – like, it's just, like, not desperate, but, like, when they're hankering for this so fucking bad. It was like when – There's no regulation. Yeah, it's like, well, imagine, like – how hard people were trying to play sports books and you change in your state of residency and yeah. information just so you could gamble in states that had legal sports books. I just, it was such it, a perfect. I, I, what I'm, I guess what I'm saying is that I could see how people would overlook the easy ways that this could be manipulated in order to try to like take that chance and that rush. Yeah, well, I mean, gambling's regulated in most states. It still doesn't mean that the odds will ever be in your favor because these games are so heavily built on figuring out yeah. how to swindle you out of your money. Yeah. It, we literally have a game where you bet on a number or you bet on a color and they throw a ball on a wheel that has a million different other options. I think it's like 35 different options, maybe 36 with 37 with the zeros and double zero. Okay, not colors. So color red or black, red, red or black, black or fifty fifty or green or you're so it's not quite fifty fifty. It's forty nine forty nine and one. Yeah, forty nine forty nine. So two, that's your best odds calling on that. But like I get what you're saying with the numbers of roulette. You're if you're going a number, then yes, it's that against thirty two. Statistically, or yes. the worst thing yeah. that you can gamble on. But these numbers rackets were taken over by crime families. And of course the big hitters, Chicago, New York places where these were easily manipulated and taken advantage of where these crime families came from. Oh, they also use the horse racing system that we'll talk about, um, New Hampshire coming up. New okay. Hampshire's they did. They tried so hard to figure out how to lay it into the tax laws mm -hmm. that they just completely fucked up the way that they did it. Um, so, yeah, I guess we can jump right into New Hampshire just from that. Actually, we got to make one stop, 1934. Puerto Rico's like, fuck you guys on the mainland. We're not playing your games. We want the lotto back. So numbers games became popular on the island before the government was like, shit, you guys are doing this stuff without us. We'd like a cut of this. We'll just make it legal in here. We'll have our own Puerto Rican lottery so that way we can get a cut of what you guys are already doing. 
Like, we can shut you they guys. They already saw the money. Yeah. And they were like, oh, shit, it's this much money? Yeah, okay. it's this yeah. popular? Well, yeah. we'd like to cut us some of that. So 1934, they became the first, I guess you would call it a territory, uh, first government run in the U.S., a lottery. New Hampshire follows in 1964. And Do you think they were just like, we'll just fucking test it in Puerto Rico? It's New Hampshire, though, man. No, 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 but when they did it in 34 oh. in Puerto Rico. That's what I'm saying is like, it's isolated, so people won't really hear that they're doing that. We can kind of keep an eye on it. See, how can't have people it. from other states traveling down there see just how for much, the lottery. See how much money we're getting for a kickback, and then we can see if we allow this to get implemented in other states. If we want to like put our federal stamp on it, and kind of mm-hmm. overrule some of these states to get some of that money. But New Hampshire is so much. I mean, their shit on their license plate is what like live free or die. Yes, yep. They're just the most balls to the wall people in the country that don't like this regulation. So I'm sure hearing that Do it you was think banned. Sure. Is like no no no. There's 49 states. Yeah, and then New Hampshire. Yep, they they sort of had that Texas mentality, except for they're the size of a thumbnail, so mm-hmm. it's really hard for them to carry any swagger. But they do what they want basically within their own borders. Uh, the way that they did this just crazy fucking lottery, and I can't stress enough how crazy this was. Was you would buy numbers. Um, your numbers would be assigned to horses in a horse race, but the horses in a horse race were established or the numbers that you would get were established by the time of the race. So you would all throw your shit in and they'd be like, okay, um, we choose the 1230 race. And then they would draw out the numbers of the people that bought into a horse that was in that race. Mm -hmm. And then if the horse won out of that race, then those people would be paid. So So how's that different from horse racing? Because they're just betting on a horse. But you could buy a lottery ticket for like the 1230 race. Mm-hmm. And then the 130 race is the one that has the um, lottery winner that could potentially be in that field. Okay. So you could buy a horse or you could buy a lotto ticket that would be attached to a horse that would never be in the running to win. Oh, okay. So basically you would find out. Oh, when- so not only you had to hit the time yeah. that the law of the race. So there could be like five races. So mm-hmm. part of the lotto is just getting the right race. Exactly. Then getting the right horse within that race. Exactly. So it's like a, okay, it's like a tiered system, like a step system. Okay. And then if that horse won, they would draw out of that pile. So it's like a three-tiered system. Okay, gotcha. And somehow that was able to work into the tax laws that it was like horse racing wasn't illegal, so we could go if ahead and pay out. you want to make it happen, out. you'll have, it'll happen. Yeah, it, you find a way to do it. Uh, it sort of turns into a few states start to legalize uh, 1974, this guy, whenever you're saying what you're thankful for at Thanksgiving, John Coza, uh, created the first scratch off ticket and he adopted something that he had learned working in supermarkets and like gas stations, how they would do, I think like Safeway and Albertsons and stuff like that do like the monopoly where they would hand or they hand out like the tickets for certain mm-hmm. things that you buy. And then it, it would be like instead of monopoly, cause that's more McDonald's like, monopoly sort of, but yeah, but I could see stores doing that and being like, this can, this scratch off can give you a discount on this item yeah, or on your next purchase, you get 15% off. Like it would be like a drawing, but like store specific because uh, it's the same principle. Just that way that it draws people in to play games. Like yes. if you're collecting stamps or anything mm-hmm. like that, you get people to really start to get excited about it. 
So they move into the gambling space. They see that there's starting to be a little bit of stagnation around the lottery just because it takes so fucking long for these Mm -hmm. drawings to fill to be able to get their chunk of the money and get the prize money like you were talking about with Queen Elizabeth. Yeah, it's not not as probably as fast of a system where they do two drawings a week now. Yeah. And everything. And the longest time you're waiting is, what, three days or two days? Yeah. So the beauty of a scratcher would be you could go buy it and you would find out immediately. You could find out before you're out of the door. Yep, that that immediate dopamine rush and it just takes over. And the cool thing about these was they were printed on aluminum foil. So it was like a very aesthetically pleasing thing to see. And you could put a little bit of yellow dye on it. Boom. You got a Willy Wonka golden ticket in your hand that could bring you financial success. Um, it, by that time, the first state that sold one, uh, Massachusetts, and the eight states that had lotteries immediately adopted these scratchers, and sales for them were three times higher than what the lottery was. So it was just that instant gratification that people wanted so much that it's they were like, uh, it's like finding the new drug. Yeah, it's, well, it's like, like crack over cocaine. That's exactly. Yeah, it's just that much faster of a hit that you're gonna get, and it's it's so funny to think that you could change just one little thing about it and been like, you really like spending your money on this lottery. Mm -hmm. You can actually spend less and get a scratcher, but find out the lottery immediately. Yeah. So like you can bring your level of depression from losing the lottery to an immediate depression for scratching and not finding. Yeah. But look at this way too. So like you buy a lottery ticket and you have to like to get your lottery ticket, you would buy one and then you're like, well, the drawing is going to, I already have one. This one hasn't hit yet. Mm -hmm. I feel like with the scratchers, you can scratch it. You might go home, and but at the same time, you're done with that. It's finite. There's still no chance that you might win. So you're like, well, I could go get another one, and that yeah. would give me another chance to win. Yeah, so, you just it's immediate gratification. Yeah, you're trying to do it more often probably than the actual lotto. Well, and how many times do you think somebody hit on a scratcher and then or turned nice around? Multiple and, ones or something. Yeah. yeah. You hit on a scratcher, but then you turn around and turn your scratch ticket winnings into a lotto ticket. Mm-hmm. Like it just, it's a, it feeds itself in that ecosystem. You can keep the money in the lottery pretty easy if you can get people addicted to these That's things. right. What, and you, the name was Scientific Games Corp, right? Yeah. yeah. So Scientific Games Corporation was formed by John Coza and a partner. And the first ones that they like made, the first scratch tickets were all manually randomized. So they were doing them by hand and they were doing them in such large quantities that it would make like, they would choose who would have a winning or they would make a ticket, a winner mm-hmm. themselves. But there were so many that they were selling, like you couldn't really fix it to be like, yeah, the winner is going to be this one in this stack or this one in this mm-hmm. stack. By the time it gets to the people, nobody knows who the winners are going to be. So it does feel like it's a true, just true that way. Of- yeah. And that scientific games actually created the first algorithm for um, computer randomized numbers too on those mm. tickets. So they've been in, at the game for a really, really long time. Uh, by the eighties, lotteries were just states were just bang, 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 bang. We would need this revenue back. For some reason we got away from this revenue model of taking this money out of lotteries and taxes at the same time. If we bring these lottos back, we're going to be able to start to build our infrastructure up pretty quick. Um, People are not going to, they're still going to be paying their taxes, but now they're going to even be paying more because they're going to still pay that money toward having a chance to win something. Well, part of the purview of them, maybe not the right word for purview, part of the, the plan for them too, was when they would move into these different states to try to get the lottery legalized, they would do it under the guise of like places who wanted to better the society. 
Oh yeah, they would so, always attach it. Uh huh. So they would like, attach it, it, it would to be, a cause. Yes, it education, be like, um, park renovation, shit like that. Mm-hmm. To they where, would have something very specific and tangible, like this is all to schools. This is for hospitals, and so it, like the window dressing on that was like, oh well, as long as it's for that. Mm-hmm. And part of that would be to we'll the people talk about getting it. ready to winter, like this is for hookers. <laughs> this is for cocaine. <laughs> And then there's going to be a little bit for, for education, but we're just going to choose mm-hmm. education is what we sell mm-hmm. into the guys. On which cocaine to buy. <laughs> but by the mid-'80s, a company called Lotto America forms, and Lotto America becomes um, the great and powerful Powerball. States realized that if they wanted to go in with other states that were legalized lotteries too, they could jump that jackpot up tenfold if they have ten other and states the higher that, that number join gets. Too the more tickets get sold. Mm-hmm. So where you have, okay, that makes perfect sense because you have, let's say the, let's just say Utah. Yeah. You have the Utah lottery. Not, they don't actually have a lottery. We'll talk about those things. Oh, they don't? Nope. Okay, perfect. The yeah. Utah lottery. So Utah lottery, if that's only funded by all the people paying in for Utah because there's not as many people, the lottery is going to go up much slower. And in that situation, when people are looking at that amount climbing, they're not saying, well, it went from $6 million to $7 million. You're going to get the same people playing at 6 and 7 You're not going to draw anyone else in. But how many times you drive by that fucking billboard and you see, oh, my God, it's at $250 million. I Why not? I don't usually don't get them, but for 200 like, you have those people that, like, they have their lotto principles. Yeah. It's like, I don't get a ticket for anything under $200 million. Okay, well, guess what? By pooling all that money together, that number <laughs> hits $200 million a lot faster. You're buying it the next week. Yeah, I, and that's really the brilliance of Powerball is so many states are online with it. Those numbers can jump rapidly. And when you see shit like the Mega Millions, which is, I think, a demonstrably smaller amount of states that and, do and the And you mega, have no opposition to it because the state governments are saying – Okay, well, we're getting our money faster. Mm-hmm. When the, we're getting more money because the jackpot's going larger, and the gov- federal government's just sitting back, being like, "Yeah, and we're getting more money too." Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, you partner. Everyone just fucking partner up. Well, and if you're looking at it from that perspective too, a state that draws a winner gets the bulk of that money back in income, and taxes. it gives that state additional like because like certain states still have their own like does california have their own mm-hmm. just all-inclusive a, a smaller version a smaller yes. version i'm sure texas might have something that's Got just to. theirs but you have these states that wouldn't be getting as much money back and if you get one of the smaller states and you have larger states around it that are participating yeah that state has a chance to get that money <clears throat> from all those larger states they can steal yeah. california's money they can mm-hmm. steal texas anything like that yeah so that sort of brings us up to Recent times, um, these numbers to me are sort of staggering. I didn't realize it was as big, but it does kind of make sense when you see how much a, a prize pool jumps after a missed number. But uh, Powerball is played weekly by 85 million Americans. 85 million Americans go out there weekly and buy a ticket. And I am so proud to say that I am just but one of those 85 million people. <laughs> It's 85 million morons. Yeah, but it's not just, here's the thing. (laughs) So first of all, just on the assumption that everyone's buying one line. Yep. So now that jumps up 85 million times three. Motherfuckers, no one's going in there and just buying, making a trip to the gas station in there to buy one line. I'm three lines minimum. And so usually I try to keep it under five. Yeah. Or five or less. But three lines, then you're tripling that even again. 
And that's just like the minimum most people buy. It's fucking insane. Yeah, that's what kind of fooled me about the Powerball was when I would go in, I, I just, same thing every week, walk in, five lines of Mega Millions uh, with the Mega Plier on them, and just 15 bucks, I hand them the card, they hand it back to me, everything works out really well. And when it was a Powerball... And you're walking on cloud nine for the next two yeah, hours. Yeah, that instantly, it's like I Every just... food tastes better. Uh-huh. That air seems crisper. I just went in and bought an antidepressant. It mm-hmm. was just that fast. But going in to buy Powerball tickets, because that's the one that's really up right now, like every time I go in, I try to explain it to them, like in the the... Power play, is that what it's called? Yeah. Like, oh, actually, we changed it. It's mm-hmm. something else now. It's like, I don't I don't care. Whatever just, the add-on yeah. thing you're calling it. The best five lines that yes. you can give me. That's what I want. And then the number comes back. And I think Powerball is more expensive now. It's like, fuck, what the hell? Yeah, that was like a $25 ticket? ticket? Yeah. What just happened? So, um, yeah, 80, what did I say? It was 181 uh, million Americans play the lottery at least once yeah. each year. A lot, of them, a lot of repeats. More than half of the country plays the lottery at least once in a year. And in 2021, $31.2 billion was collected. In America. That's just in America. That's more than any, I think, sports franchise makes. That's got to be more than any revenue they of said any it's major. A, oh, what was it? They said it's uh, larger than the combination of like movie ticket sales and like <laughs> sports betting and all this kind of like crazy shit like combined. I think Just sports betting so probably eclipsed it since so many states have gone li- live, so. but yeah, it's I mean 31 billion dollars in 2021 is just an insane amount of money. All right, before we go any further, I'm going to take a chance on if I have to go to the bathroom or not. Okay. All right. Oh my god, Adam. What is what is that up in the sky? It it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Socials! Oh my god, it's faster than Instagram. That's historically high pod on Instagram. More powerful than X? It's historically high, historically HI on X? Able to leap tall threads in a single bound. Back to historically high pod on threads. And, I mean, I guess there's still Gmail, right? We got that too. That is historically high podcast at gmail.com. All right, guys, back to the show. Hey. I just won the lottery. I did have to pee. You won the lottery. We took a little uh, break during the pee break and did some scratchers that we brought in because why not when you're doing a lottery episode? Chris, unfortunately, is going to have to wait till his next lottery ticket to potentially win. I pulled off a whopping five bucks, so I, I played the lottery for free. Um, See, but now I'm disappointed. <laughs> that's why you got to buy another one. It'll fix that disappointment. A win fixes every loss. I'm... 99% sure that I've given more than I've gotten back, but you know, that's just you hear the yourself kind of talking right now, right? Oh, yeah, no, I, <laughs> I'm not justifying it, I'm just justifying I'm just my telling you the process of things in which I follow. Yeah, so uh, that money that we spent um, on those lottery tickets, just a, a breakdown, every state's a little bit different, but just a general breakdown of where each lotto dollar goes. Um, state governments take about a third of each of the lotto jackpot. Um, for every lottery dollar that's spent six cents goes to the store that it was purchased at approximately 10 to 15 cents goes to game administrators. So the people that set it up, printed the tickets, do all that shit. Um, 58 cents goes to the prizes and then the rest goes to the state for what the intended purpose of the budget was for that lottery. Does federal not take any? Um, I don't think they can because technically they're all state games. 
Oh, okay. So it's not... Hmm. Uh, they might get a shot. This is all to say that this oh, is taken but, out before the prize but is given. But you understand that they're going to get some of that because when it comes to Federal your income, income tax or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that, they'll still catch a little whiff of it. Lottery tickets are always going to be cheaper than big lotteries as far as the money paid out. So they're not getting as much, but just enough. Yeah. The unfortunate bit, too, is that last little bit where the lottos have an intended purpose in the state budget. So, like, when we were talking earlier about, like, if people are saying, well, this goes to parks, this goes to education, that's really a banner that they can put on it depending on if 10 or 10% of that goes to education or 3% of it goes to education. But that can be earmarked for that while other things can be earmarked. Like, if you have 20 this like cents. That, this is like that goddamn telemarketers thing. A little bit. Goes on, yeah, 90, 90% goes to us and 10% goes to the Fraternal Order of Cancer Patients. Or the but you can still say that's them. what you're calling for. Yeah. So uh, under the guise of states trying to sound better, like, I, I'm not saying that the lotteries are all great. I love the lotteries. I understand if you hate the lotteries. Like I was trying to figure out At the word earlier. At least it's some money going to something. Yeah. It's some. Um, the lotteries are what's considered, I think, just an opinion, but a pretty good opinion, a, a regressive tax. Do and, you what it is, is I was thinking about this. It's one of those things that's been around for so long, just operating in the background. It's like an operating system on like your computer. It goes on in the background. You really never notice it or anything like that, but it's like there whenever you want to like access it. Mm-hmm. The lotto is just like that. It's, it seems, you know, we've lived in a place that there's always been the lottery. Yeah. Like gambling's not here, but that has always been the form of gambling that's been like normalized and like, it's fine. We just don't allow the other type of gambling here, but like it's just always been there. So you never really think about how it got created, how it got invented, like what it stems from, how it was like manipulated and turned into something else. And it's just this thing that just exists and everything's just like, okay. And it is sort of rough because the lottery is predatory in nature and just sort of based upon what we were talking about earlier, rich people don't really play the lottery. Mm -hmm. So the bulk of the lottery, the money that's being pushed in there is being pushed by people that don't, they look for the extravagance in life, Mm -hmm. but people are looking for a quick leg up to pay bills. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's no shock that like when you see a gas station that's in the middle of a poorer part of town, Mm There's going to be big advertising for scratch tickets. There's going to be a big ass sign out in front that tells you exactly how much. Yeah, like I now that you're saying that, I kind of thinking about it. How many times do you go into like, I don't know, like a, a nicer grocery store or a nicer gas station in like a more you know affluent part of, of town or or whatever? You might see them like in a certain spot or a little like rack of them kind of behind something else yeah. the the powerball machine is usually there because it can it, whatever there's not a ton of advertisements but then you go into like a different part of town like a lower income part of town and that's when you get the glass case that's actually right there in front with all of the different games and everything yeah i mean it it giving it just very little thought it's like of course it's fucking predatory it's geared towards people that are trying to pay bills instead of people that already have the money to do it and that's I mean, it's really a bummer that that's the way that their advertising works, but what advertisers don't do that? I mean, it's it's tough to condemn. I love I love <laughs> your defense of the fucking lottery. Like, you're not, like, I'm fine with the lottery, and, like, I understand that, like, because here's the thing. I'm playing it for, I'm not saying I'm in those people's situation and everything like that. I'm very thankful for what I'm in. 
But what I'm saying is I play it for the same reason of like, I would like to pay my bills and I would like to go do stuff fun with the rest of my life Mm -hmm. and not have to worry about all the bullshit. And I feel like that's what everyone wants is just not to deal with the bullshit. So that's the same reason. There's just people, once people get to a certain level where the bullshit is not enough in their life, where it's a worry or a concern, they don't think of how to not deal with the bullshit. It's not a, it's a secondary thought to them. Yeah. And that's uh, sort of exactly the way that I'm being predated. (laughs) Well, and if you really think about it, I mean, like you say, we are sort of blessed to be in the positions where we can be, where we can go buy a lottery ticket and that's not going to make or break the bills for the month. I'm not, I'm used to predatory tactics. Like go to fucking Costco. (laughs) They're putting all those fucking snacks and shit right up Uh there by the registers. Come on. I, at the same time, I mean, Technically, we're still playing the lottery for the breathing room to be able to do the things that we love. The which possibility is, of what we consider a better life. Yeah. Yes. I, and people that already have that breathing room don't have that drive and desire mm-hmm. to do it, so they're less likely to play. Yes. Um, I, it is unfortunate, and it's just sort of something that I've accepted, but I kind of accept a lot of unfortunate things, I think, sometimes. Uh, it brings me a little joy. If it brings you joy and you can do it legally and you can do it in a manner that doesn't affect you so much. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so much. Maybe play it. But uh, not everybody you has. You are out here fucking hawking for big law. Lo- are you getting a kickback? God, I wish Is that, that was what's, a sponsor. How much did you actually spend on these scratchers? I feel like these are some type of like. You think it was free? You think they gave them to me to try to Yeah, sell you're me? trying to. you're trying to fucking set the hook in me. I'm not going to tell you where I got them. If anything, I think you mixed up the tickets because setting the hook in yeah, me would have been the, the $5 one. Fuck yeah. that up. Well, I'm fucking on to you. Not not everybody in America has that chance. Uh, Alabama, Alaska, Hawaii, Nevada, and Utah all don't have state lotteries. Some of those make sense. I mean... Nevada's insanely surprising, but it makes sense. We, we have designated places where we want you to give us your money. Well, and almost that, but at the same time, the... Gambling, like gambling money is still going to be taxed by the state from the casinos. Yeah. Like that's just going to happen. I guess. Why would you want to open up the state to be able to take chunks of the money that they're already going to be taking a portion away from you? Yeah. And here's the other thing too, is I, there's probably a lot more to it, but just on the simple chance that like you allow it to be played in Nevada and you could have a winner every now and then then takes that revenue from all those other states. Mm-hmm. Or vice versa, you're having to pitch in and you're losing that. I guess the chance, they're, they're playing the house rules. They're saying there's not enough of an odd that we're going to get that money back. Well, they just want to be the only game in town. Yes. That's just the way that the gambling works. Uh, is that t- your one gripe about Nevada is you're like, they won't permit my precious lottery. No, man, I love it. They have enough other options to where I can get that instant gratification instead. That's part of the reason why I like Crack. the lottery. Cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I have to wait for the lottery because that's the only game in town. If yeah. I had more game in town, I probably wouldn't play the lottery. That's much. true. But uh, other states, it makes sense. Alabama, Bible Belt, that's going to be a place where gambling is probably mm-hmm. something that's frowned upon. Mm-hmm. Utah in the same vein uh, with being LDS and whatever they want to call themselves these days, being Mormon, um, you're just not allowed to do it. So any sort of push like that, Hawaii kind of makes sense. You're at a place that's already pretty expensive as is, but at the same time, you can't really partner up with anybody close. Mm-hmm. That's going to be like interstate do travel. Own, do your own lottery, Hawaii. Well, yeah. Alaska, 
I, I don't really understand Alaska. I think probably there's not been enough people. Some legislation. Yeah, could be. That actually probably is pretty accurate. Um, chances of winning the lottery, and this one's going to hurt. I said 50 50 earlier, and that's what I tell myself and what I truly believe. Uh, we're, the just actual, watching, we're just watching the stages of <laughs> gambling and lottery addiction just present themselves at different times. They're just leeching in. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, one in nine or 292 million. One in 292 million. I think I've heard you have a better chance of being struck by lightning. Uh, you have a better chance of falling out of bed and dying. But at the same time, you also have a chance to win because there's still that one in that 292 million. You just sound like Lloyd Christmas. So you're saying there's Ugh, a chance. chance. There's a definite chance. Uh, over 100 countries have some form of governmental lottery, uh, even in communist countries. I was absolutely shocked to find out that Chinese has the China welfare lottery. That China. Yeah, dude, China not chi- has not a lottery. Chinese has the. China has okay, the. I, I meant, yeah. Yes, that. Maybe. Agree to what you said. But it's just shit like that. Like, even it, communist countries understand. But it, allows, it allows a psychological release. Yeah. Of like a freedom of doing this. We have this. Yeah. And China definitely has I think to have a murder I'm not going to lie to you. I think that that's definitely something that's been thought of, of what the like psychological benefit that can be provided by that. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing that communism and capitalism can shake hands on is lotteries. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the largest. Is taking money from people is what it is. <laughs> still, yeah. Yeah, I guess. They Tricking still people into giving you their money. And it's like the handshake between like <laughs> communism and capitalism. The handshakes are just going in the public's pockets. Mm-hmm. But. The annual Spanish Christmas lottery sounds very, very cool. Uh, it's actually the largest prize pool of any lottery ever. It's 2.4 billion euros, over 2.5 billion dollars in prizes for the Spanish um, Christmas lottery or Spanish, yeah, Christmas lottery. It happens every single year, so that's like a part of the holiday season is being able to have. Who's eligible? I think just anybody in Spain. Wait, wait, wait. So it's a national lottery. Yeah. In which they already have everyone's information. Uh-huh. And they do a randomized drawing. And it's multiple prizes, right? Yeah. I, I'm sure that you still buy tickets. I don't think it's for everybody. But it's like a part of oh, the that Christmas. Oh, that would be so fucking, that'd be the coolest fucking country ever. They're like, uh, we take a portion of like, they don't even give people a chance. They're like, we do tax you a little bit extra. And then we do this lottery where a thousand winners went that'd be fucking cool you're sniffing my ultimate idea for how to fix the way that people look at taxes in our country is that yeah we'll, we'll, we'll get to that okay but uh but this is where we get a little of the propaganda i don't i hate to call the national endowment for financial education propaganda <laughs> but they say that about 70 percent of lottery winners go broke within the first few years of winning okay i i, I, I get that that's uh and that's probably an accurate statistic. I ish. Can, I've, ish. Okay. But at the same time, why do they think that that's going to deter anyone that's like, oh, man, I'm going to go broke within a few years, or I can just go broke now? <laughs> or I can, I can either be broke or go broke. <laughs> no shit. And I still have a 30% chance of not going broke if I win? Okay, fuck it. I'm still going to play. You hit 30% of the balls that you swing at in baseball, you're a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just that simple. So it's a little bit unfortunate. Uh, it leads to some pretty kind of dire and sad situations. This guy named James Hayes was. Now, a, are these these are cautionary tales? Is that what you're? Are we getting into? Yeah, I, I would say just hard luck, not cautionary tales. Because, like I say, every one of these has weird little things. Wait, hard luck. <laughs> I think hard these luck. are also some cautionary tales. 
I I listened to some of the same shit you did. <laughs> Cautionary tales. Look, Listen, I'm you are sitting here trying to fucking paint this thing with fucking rose colored paint the entire time. It's people that won and were dumb with their fucking money. I I'm not. Hey, I'm not bad mouthing the lottery. These people were just not responsible. I don't want to keep coming to its defense. I just have to say that you're going to I, you, as not, you walk in front of it. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to get out in front of it, but all of these people just had unfortunate. And I'm not saying it was all their fault because okay. some of this stuff could definitely you know what be we'll do? just predetermined. We're gonna play a little game inside this. We're gonna play a game called bad luck or cautionary tale. You're gonna tell me about the situation, and I'll make well, my verdict. Let's play bad luck, cautionary tale, or unfortunate predisposition. Okay, so. Um, James Hayes, 1998, he was a security guard, pulls $19 million off the California Super Lotto. Hell of a win. Uh, he ends up taking home $13.7 million, uh, after taxes and all that. Unfortunately, his ex-wife was very angry at him, and during the divorce, she took half of that $13.7 million. Now, they offer, or they took the option, when you win lottery... Uh, I think some states force you to take one or the other, but you can either get paid in an annuity payment or you can get paid in a lump sum. So annuity is you get a yearly amount. Yep, for like 20 years for mm-hmm. a certain, till it the and, maturity of the... And you get more overall with the annuity than you do with the lump sum, correct? Oh, no, no, my friend. Oh, you don't? Because of our great buddy inflation. Oh, okay. So as you space that money out over time, mm-hmm. if you were to get an $800,000 payment, that would be worth $800,000 this year. But you do get technically more, but because of inflation, it doesn't go as far. Yeah, so okay. if in year 15, if you're still getting that 800000 it might only be worth 750000 okay. I think lump sum, you get taxed out more just because it puts you in a different tax bracket mm-hmm. depending on how much you win. But I would always take the lump sum. I don't feel like the annuity would be as fun just because the lump sum, I feel like I can turn into more faster than just living on like a fixed annuity income. You'd have a hard time living on that $684,000 a year. Well, I I feel like, okay, here's my... So if you have $5 million to invest or $500,000 to invest, what are you going to make more money on? Yeah, okay. But here's the thing. How many of these situations have have investment in them? Very, yeah. Okay. I'm just talking about I feel like the annuity to some people (laughs) would be like a form of like control that is sorely needed. But please go on with Mr. Hayes. Yeah. So after these annuity payments that he took, uh, he had a bit of a car addiction. He started to really enjoy gambling and he developed about a thousand dollar a week uh, heroin habit. And this is where I'd like to put my first point in predisposed. Because uh, drug habits usually don't form after you get money. I mean, they might. I'm, I'm sticking with my, my two options. It's okay. either cautionary tale or it's bad luck, so proceed. All right. Okay, well, okay, first predisposition. Angry ex-wife. Bad sign, keep, right? Keep going. Okay. All right. 0 for 2 on those. Uh, shit just got really, really weird for him. He ended up $2 million in the hole after just... All of these gambling problems, car addictions, heroin habits, everything like that. 2007, he files for bankruptcy. Uh, He really has no income after that, so he ends up moving to an apartment complex that he becomes the manager of. Some guy tortures their apartment complex, so not only uh, taking away his job, but also taking away the place that he lives. (laughs) So you lose kind of everything all at once. 
Um, he really, really needed some money. So he decided that if he can't win the lottery again, he's going to go force banks to give him money by using a gun. <laughs> Call it what it is. Read the word you have written up there. You're using you're using your justification voice. I don't on think this. so. The way, yes, you are. Because I'll read it one way and you write another. So in 2018, he pled guilty to four counts of robbery for 33 months in prison. That's what you have written down. You're over here like... And then, I mean, in 2018, he really needed money, and he only bleeded four to sway counts. So he only robbed four banks. You're you're trying to sway me. Listen, I'm. This is a cautionary <laughs> tale. The only smattering of bad luck was the uh, apartment complex getting torched. Angry ex-wife. No, I'm sorry, man. Whose fault would that be? She was already mad before he won. Yeah, he probably did something. Listen, I'm. That's bad luck. I no, I'm sorry. This is a cautionary tale. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, he did 33 months in prison, and he had to pay $40,000 in restitution. So he didn't even get away with that much money. That's like $10,000 per count of bank robbery. That's not that much. The real crime here is blowing through all the money he had. Yeah. Yeah, to lose, to blow through half. Well, and that's the issue, was when you get an annuity payment and you stretch that annuity past what you're going to get before that year's up and you get the next payment... Then by the time you get to that next annuity payment, you're paying down the debt that you had accrued until mm-hmm. you got to the next one. Cautionary tale. Okay. All right. You might have a point. <laughs> um, we're gonna God leave damn, the... did I just talk myself into that? <laughs> we're going to uh, jump countries. We're going to head the pond? over. Yeah. Yeah. A British waste removal professional, garbage man. Uh, Michael Carroll was 19 years old when he won 14.4 million in 2002. Can you imagine winning 14 million dollars at 19? Let me tell you right now, this one already has bad luck on it <laughs> for the time that he actually won it. Okay, so not I, a cautionary tale. Because, hold on, I haven't gotten far down into the weeds yet, but I'm telling you right now <laughs> that I can put myself in this position at 19 years old, and anything you're going to tell me going forward is probably not going to be that surprising. Yeah, no, not at all. Uh, moved into a mansion. And he really first order of business. Yeah, you you, have, you got a place to live. Mm-hmm. You don't think about property taxes and mm-hmm. upkeep and all that sort of shit when you move into a big house. Like that's that's going to be more of an issue. Um, after that, he developed a just a real penchant for gold jewelry. He really really liked gold. Mm, and I if, don't understand that. If you're rocking gold jewelry, you're looking flashy. You're probably going to parties. Uh, you start really getting heavy into drugs and alcohol. Yeah, that in turn I'm, I'm back. <laughs> that in turn's going to take you to prison a few times, and as you're in prison, he ended up losing out on all that fourteen point four million dollars within ten years. Ten years. So he had a ride from nineteen to twenty nine that saw him piss away fourteen million dollars. You're blowing more than and not m- even that whole time because he was in prison. Yeah. Like how so, much? Is, how far can that money go to make your prison stay? Well, and I don't know if automatic bill pay was going on then, but every month that he was in prison, he was missing payments. It was just taking more and more money. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And who's he, to say who else had access to that money, too? Uh-huh. I mean, yeah. So he ended up, uh, he's a cold delivery driver now. He got sober. He's clean off of the drugs and alcohol. Cautionary tale with a positive ending. He said that he's very happy with his life right now. I believe he has a daughter. And I don't know when this last check-in was that I read about, but he He's seems like, I'm to I'm very be, happy with my life, and I have to tell myself that so often. 
And not many people, I think, could live through pissing away $14 million to see the other side of that. Yeah, a lot of people that uh, lost that money um, take jumps out their office windows. Yeah, yeah. 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 very so similar. good for yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, our next fella, William Bud Post. This guy, he, he was special. Uh, $16.2 million. Back across the pond. Yeah, back in America. Yeah. Pennsylvania Lottery in 1988. Much like our buddy... Man, 16.2 um, in 88. Yeah, that's a lot of money in 88. Uh, much like our British friend Michael, he moved himself into a mansion. As one does. Uh, next move, I'm not... I don't really want to talk about it because it's going to lean more towards your way. He bought himself a plane, which, cool, uh, doesn't have a pilot's license. So, so he just bought himself... We're, a, oh, we're hard into cautionary tale territory right now. A large paperweight. Um Helped his family out. He provided some money for his family businesses. Everyone's going to have to do that. Everyone, that's what you hear from everyone that loses the money. It's always that. Well, take this part with a grain of salt about the family businesses because we're going to swing back around to his family. Um, his ex-girlfriend, who also happened to be his landlady, <laughs> ended up suing Is him this for... a uh, Roy Munson kingpin situation? <laughs> could have been very similar to that situation. Uh, she ended up winning a third of his money winning, so a third of that $16.2 million. Uh, Bud told them to fuck right off, and as he told them to do that, the judge just froze all of his assets for not paying the money. So instead of paying off a third of it, you just lost everything because of that. I feel like we're doing a lot of cautionary <laughs> checkboxes here. Yeah. Uh, to talk about the family problems, there was apparently a falling out after this where his brother actually hired a hitman to try to kill him, and I believe it was like his fifth wife. So he was running through women pretty quick. Predisposition, um, not because of the money. That was something that he was probably going to have that many wives regardless it's of still the not money. A, you're not, we're still not skewing right. it. Uh, maybe this part will help. He actually lived through the assassination. Him and his wife did. I'm sure his brother got locked up for it. Uh, he was forced to sell everything just to try to make all the money back that he had spent, especially while his assets were frozen and he was racking up debt. He went back to jail for shooting at a repo man that came to take his car back. <laughs> when did he go to jail the first time? When the judge froze his yeah, assets? For- okay, I'm sure okay, gotcha. it had okay. something to do with that, because if you're just not going to pay out that much money, You eventually- mean you can't tell a judge to fuck off and they're not being <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> Shocking, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he tried to shoot a repo man that was coming to take his car back because he didn't pay his note on it. So you could see maybe that wasn't a predisposition. That might have just been a desperate move. Uh, he ends up dying living while living on Social Security for disability at 66. We, so. we, we have fallen down the cautionary crevasse. Mm-hmm. But this is not what not making it to mm-hmm. the other side looks like. Uh, we got to finish off with... Possibly it was the definite largest known or found out lottery scam to ever happen in the United States. And that was the 2010 hot lotto. Um, hot lotto is five numbers that are chosen between balls one and 39. And then there's the final hot lotto bar one ball, one through 19. So powerball, powerball in essence, just a smaller version of it, more of like a, a centralized sort of like Midwest. Oh, this is a smaller of version of the, okay. I thought you meant, Powerball. Oh, no, yeah. Hot lot, it's not around anymore. I like that name, though. Like, oh, do you want to go play Powerball? You want to play Hot Lotto? Yeah, see what the hot ball hits? Hot Lotto. Sounds kind of cool. Ball coming out. You can see how it works to, to bring people in. Um, This is a scam story. So it's we're going to go on a real wild ride here. Okay. Um, 
the winning tickets drawn for $16.5 million in Des Moines, Iowa, which is odd because Des Moines, Iowa is the home base of the Hot Lotto headquarters. You just say it like it's the home base of the Hot Lotto. Hot Lotto. There you go. Uh, it was purchased a few days before New Year's in 2010. So is Des Moines is where it's based, but is Hot Lotto just Iowa Lotto? No, it's like a Midwest breadbasket of states. Okay, gotcha. That pays into it, but the home headquarters for the Hot Lotto lottery is in Des Moines. Gotcha. Interesting that that would hit. Not that interesting because they sell tickets everywhere like that. You have one year to claim your prize for the Hot Lotto. If you don't claim that prize for the Hot Lotto... It just gets refunded back to the States. So they don't hear shit until November 9th, 2011. All they have is a video that the... Um, they like, knew where it was sold. Yeah, well, yeah, the video where mm-hmm. it was sold. The only people that have seen it were like the head of Hot Lotto, like the administration, and then a few of his guys. So nobody else has seen it yet. Nobody knows what this guy looks like. All they have is a picture of this guy. And unfortunately enough, this will come back in the stories. I think they had like twenty five hundred of these gas stations. Mm-hmm. Only three of the get or only three of the gas stations had audio that mm-hmm. went along with their video. Was this one of them? Yeah. Okay. Yep. The plot thickens. Talk about the most unlucky thing that you could ever have happen. So we get to uh, November 9th, 2011. A guy named Philip Johnston calls from Quebec City. He's a lawyer, and he claims that he has the Quebec ticket. City, Quebec City in Canada. Oh, okay. So a man may it's, have crossed okay, the border. I, I wasn't sure happen. if it was one like, you know, Saskatchewan, mm-hmm. Nevada. Uh, it's got to be, yeah, Quebec City, Quebec. Okay. But uh, as he's up there, he says, I won the ticket. Or I won the lottery. I had the ticket in my hand. They have all these different checkpoints of security. And of you course. Can, you can imagine going from the end, like right before New Year's, I want to say it was the 28th of December in 2010, all the way to November 9th. There's been a bunch of people calling in trying to claim this prize and mm-hmm. saying, well, I forgot the ticket. I don't have this. The most important part of it is there's a serial number on the back. And if you can give them the serial number, it proves that you have the ticket because yeah. you'd be the only person with the serial number. So this guy, Philip Johnston, calls down, gives them the serial number. They're like, holy shit, this is great. You won. That's the They're probably not great. They're probably like, fuck. Well, they were either going to have to pay it out or they were going to have to refund the states that gave in to the, the jackpot. Yeah, but then they get to also bump the jackpot up more and make more money and stuff. So Yeah, or you just start over. Oh, I mean, that's it's, true. It's either or. But uh, well, it had been it had probably been won a couple times since then. Yeah, it's just this ha- this jackpot happened to be unclaimed. Mm-hmm. Okay. This jackpot was just kind of in limbo. So they asked Philip Johnston a few more questions. Some stuff kind of starts to get odd because Philip tells them that he's sort of old and decrepit and can't really get around too much anymore. So he wants to go ahead and send them the signed ticket, and then they'll just go ahead and send him the sixteen million dollars up to Quebec City. Like putting a lot of faith no. in whatever delivery service that you're using. Yeah. There. Well, in in Iowa, you have to be present and you have to publicly get the money, mm-hmm. so you can't remain anonymous. So you would have to be there to oh, claim your sucks. prize. Yeah, that's very much so. And that was something that we left out. Some Congratulations, states, you're gonna go through hell now. Some states you have to declare publicly who wins. Other states, for a price, you can remain anonymous, and it's usually not a small sum of your winnings to remain anonymous. Would but you? Uh, oh, 
it's not an option where we live, but if they had the anonymity and it was like a 10% tax on it. It's disclosed here? Huh? They have yeah, to. Yeah, they have to disclose here. Oh, man. So if I lived in a state like that and it was like 10 or 15%, I'd absolutely stay anonymous. That money is so worth it to be mm-hmm. able just to keep it under the radar. But uh, in Des Moines, that wasn't an option. So Philip says, uh, I really can't do that, but I really like that money. Just as they were questioning, they go, so you came down here and bought this, right? And he goes, yeah. And they go, just by chance, what were you wearing? And he goes, oh, uh, I was wearing my um, pinstripe jacket and a pair of blue pants, whatever it was. And they go back and look at the video. Dude's wearing a black hoodie and black jeans. So clearly can't be him. Mm -hmm. They go back to him. They tell him that. He's like, "Uh, okay, well, maybe I didn't have it. Uh, I I rescind my saying that I had the ticket. And that seems very weird. So they kind of put a pin in that. Um, Wasn't expecting that question. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So he calls back again with another guy from New York, another lawyer from New York. The same guy? Yeah, Philip. And he says, wasn't me. Uh, This lawyer in New York is actually representing the anonymous winner. Uh, he actually has the ticket. We can send you proof of it. So that way, you know, we'll be able to go ahead and get it. Uh, we want the money to be paid out to a shell corporation in Belize. Of course. Again. This is all standard <laughs> lottery stuff. Yeah. You don't win the lottery and not automatically go to your corporate lawyer to transfer the funds into your shell corporation in a Central American country. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't really work that way. So they shut it down again. Um, December 29th, we are like, we're right there. We're a day or so well, after. Two hours, it Oh, says. actually, it would have been purchased December 29th, yeah, because it was two hours before the deadline. That same New York attorney, Crawford Shaw, shows up with the ticket to say that it was his. But he also was still trying to get paid out through the Shell Corporation, saying that the person that actually hired him uh, still wants to stay anonymous. They're like, no, dude, we told you this on the phone. We told you this the last time this happened. We're just not going to let this happen. And so Shaw's like, fine, withdraw. Just, I don't want to be a part of it. I, I don't want it to be anywhere inside me, anything like that. Just take me out of this. So after that, all the money that was drawn up for that, um, for that grand prize mm-hmm. was all given back. And since there was some question about potentially scamming or all that, they actually refunded. Because a winning ticket had been sold. Yeah. Yeah. But they went as far back with it to refund the actual ticket payers. So the people that bought the lotto tickets got their money back from when they still had their that's slips. That's pretty nuts. The yeah, fact just, that, like, that's nuts, but so there was someone out there that never cashed in a $16.5 million lotto ticket. We're not done yet. Oh, oh, there's more to this. Oh, yeah. I thought the time was up. Oh, no. Time is not up. Uh, the fourth board has made a return. So, Johnston, the original guy from Quebec City. He's coming out of the locker room. <laughs> the Iowa Division of Criminal Investigations, like, this shit seems really weird. We kind of need to get to the bottom of this. So, they worked with the Quebec City police, ended up securing an interview with Johnston, and they're like, hey, man, what the fuck happened here? What's going on? He goes, Actually, uh, to be completely honest with you, <laughs> I just, I see this like as they go, like they're at the lotto office 
And it's like the Iowa division of criminal, but it's like the lotto division. And these guys never get work. And they just break in and it's just this guy and he's sitting behind his desk and he's just playing solitaire. And they're like, hey, Robinson, you're getting called up. And he's like, what? And he's like, there's a lotto emergency apparently. He's like, what? He's like, it's been six years. (laughs) He blows the dust off his briefcase. Yeah, exactly. It's my time. He has to go out and try to start up the official lottery investigations uh, Ford Focus to get there, <laughs> yeah. and the battery's dead because yep. he hasn't turned it on in so long. So once they put the screws to Johnston, he really started to feel the pressure because they were talking about conspiracy like, shit on target, him. Like stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, he ended up giving the name of a lawyer down in Texas who said that they had actually represented that uh, client he said that the lawyer had told him that the man who had actually tried to claim the ticket's name was Robert Rhodes. Now, nobody fucking knows who Robert Rhodes is. With kind of having a dead lead with him, uh, 2014, we're like right up to the final months of when the, uh, like the statute of limitations. When you're last able to make like a push a scam, to, try to claim it. Yeah. yeah, a scam plea. So really with nothing left to help them out, they just throw the tape out. They just put the tape out to the public. And this is where we start to see the issue with the fact that one of those three gas stations that had audio along with their video Mm -hmm. comes into play. Because when they send that out to the masses, they actually get a call from a hot lotto employee. That hot lotto employee says, hey, that sounds like a guy named Eddie Tipton. Uh, Eddie Raymond Tipton is also the director of information security at the multi-state lottery association. This guy is in charge of the computer that sets the algorithm by which the numbers are drawn out of the computer. And all hold on a second. You're telling me he had something to do with this. Yeah. Just pretty weird how that happens. Now the connections they're kind of looking at are a little bit rough because Tipton is the one that's seen and kind of pretty much identified in the video, uh, by his voice. So they know that he was the one that bought the ticket, but they still don't know who the hell Robert Rhodes is. Uh, So they start looking into sort of what could be Robert Rhodes as far as who he was. They look back and actually found a connection where uh, Tipton was the CEO of a company and Robert Rhodes was the COO of the company. And a this different was, one, not the multi-state lottery. Yeah, this was prior okay. to getting hired at the multi-state lottery. This is to establish lottery. their relationship. Okay. So... um everything really starts to seem like these two could have been in cahoots. January 15th, Tipton's actually arrested for fraud. Rhodes was then brought in too on some lesser charges because they're trying to figure out what he actually, like if he was just sort of the fall guy for Tipton. Yeah, if they were just using his name to throw people off, yeah. Something like that. Um, So as Tipton is on trial... He needs character witnesses, and this is just the definition of being a defense attorney because your job is just to throw enough shit at the wall and see if anything sticks. You're just trying to cause doubt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they bring up his brother Tommy as a character witness. Tommy, straight-up guy, uh, justice of the peace, 
part-time. Hmm. So he holds... They were hoping to use him as even more of a character yeah. witness. So he comes in. He's talking about his brother. And when they show him the video, they ask him if it's Eddie. He says, couldn't be my brother. He couldn't be his brother because uh, Eddie had bought two hot dogs and brought them up to pay for with the lottery ticket. He said, my brother doesn't eat hot dogs. <laughs> that can't be him because he doesn't eat hot dogs. That's like the defense. Yeah. It was the yeah. old hot dog defense. The old hot dog defense. Now, unfortunately. Was his rationale behind this like he's a vegetarian, he's vegan? They're like, no, he eats a shit ton of meat. He just stays away from hot dogs. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Just a, a wild thing to say. Um, so, of course, all the people that are following this case, all the journalists and everything in the room hear this, and it gets a laugh at everybody, because like you're going to try to get some guy off of video proof by saying he doesn't eat hot dogs, and this guy bought hot dogs. He's like, your honor, as shown back in Oscar Mayer versus Hines, <laughs> 1862, the hot dog defense is sound. Yeah, I don't think there was any hot dog precedents on the court records at that point. We found a bratwurst precedence and a kielbasa precedence. We think we can maybe adapt this into a hot dog defense. Yeah. So unfortunately for this stand-up man, uh, this stand-up brother that he had, Tommy got enough of a laugh to where the journalist actually wrote down what he said and put it in articles. So this like picture of Tommy on the stand doing the hot dog mm-hmm. defense gets spread out to everybody. Now, when that picture goes out, there was actually, I believe it was in Colorado. It might have actually been Texas again. But, uh, no, 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 it wasn't. It was, uh, fuck, I think it was Oklahoma. It was one of these states that we'll bring up. But it sparks an agent who is in there when he sees the picture. He goes, oh, shit, that's Tommy. I investigated him for money laundering a few years ago, but we cleared him. I wonder if maybe he has a little bit of a connection to this. So, um... They go back and look at the investigation, and a gentleman named Robert Rhodes had cashed a winning lottery ticket in uh, this state. And in turn doing that, when they paid him out, they paid him out in cash. It was a smaller one, and they gave him sequential $100 bills. So he let Rhodes keep a small portion of it and then took the rest of the money, knowing that these were in sequential bills... It has to have it be laundered to go ahead and throw it off yeah. and everything. So he goes to a fireworks dealer. But next best option, go to a fireworks mm-hmm. dealer. Maybe he can launder your money. Car wash. <laughs> like top two. Yeah, yeah Breaking Bad mm-hmm. style. Um, fireworks dealer feels like this is a little bit hairy. He goes ahead and reports it to the FBI. The FBI comes and talks to uh, Tommy. Tommy says that he was trying to hide the money from his wife. They're like, Good enough explanation. You don't really need to tell us anymore, so we'll drop that case. Well, there becomes even more of a connection with Rhodes and Tommy and uh, Eddie in this little triangle of what's going on. So they had actually figured out that um, during the case, sort of the idea that happened that they presented to all three of these guys, and Eddie finally admits, like, yeah, I, I did this. The way that he said that he did it, was he set it up for three specific dates and it was all a year apart from itself wasn't it so it was cal it was the same day the following year three times right or when he confessed to rigging the lottery he confessed to rigging the lottery in iowa colorado wisconsin 
Kansas, and Oklahoma. So this wasn't their first rodeo. It was just the first time they got caught. Yeah. And, and like you said, it was all around these certain days. It was three days a year that he would program this so this certain amount of numbers would hit. Like instead of the 200,000 possibilities, it broke it down to like 600,000. Mm-hmm. And then through another algorithm that he created on a separate computer, he could actually get it down to less numbers. And then Wait, he would. You said 200,000 to 600,000. To 600. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And then from the 600, he could shrink it down even further. He always scheduled these days around holidays. So, like, there was one in November, there was one in May, and then I think there was one in September. Mm -hmm. So that way he could drive out of state to these other states to purchase these lottery tickets. Because if something goes wrong and they find out that it is a scam, he always has the claim, like, I wasn't around the computer when this happened, so how could I have done it? Gotcha. Um, After the ticket thing goes through, he had convinced his superior that the computer that they were working off of with the algorithms was running too slow and it was spitting out numbers too slowly. So he actually got permission to upgrade the system and buy a new computer. Before he destroyed the computer, he filled it full of malware so they couldn't figure out his system that he had plugged into the computer. And This guy's an evil fucking genius. Yeah, pretty elaborate system. He would call up Rhodes or he would call up his brother. He would feed them numbers if he wasn't out of or if he was out of state but not buying tickets. So there were more different looking people that were buying tickets. And it was just a, a really brilliant sort of plan. I again I, this is another again, thing. You're sitting here just praising even the lotto criminals you're getting hard for. It's kind of smart. No, I'm not saying it yeah, I'm not saying it isn't. So but now all those people out there desperately trying to win the lottery and everything are even getting less yeah. of a chance to win. I, I'm not trying to stand up for Eddie because he did just an awful thing here. This is sort of Eddie's one silver lining. So when they basically tell them this is how it's going to work, this is what you guys are going to be charged with, Eddie goes ahead and says, don't attach too much to my brother. I was the mastermind behind this. He has a family on the outside and I don't. So let me take his charges, give him a reduced sentence, if nothing at all. Um, so as a part of that, Robert agreed. And oh my God, this is Friday Night Lights. Is it? This is Tim Riggins taking the heat for Billy Riggins because he has a family. I only when they get the caught, movie. I never saw the, the show. It's the show. I never saw the, the show. show's even better. They get caught at Chop Shop. Oh, okay. It's a real Tim Riggins move. Yeah, he steps up and takes one for Tommy. Um, So through that, Rhodes is sentenced to six months of house arrest, $400,000 in restitution, so nowhere near, I think, what they would have got away with because each one of these lotteries that they were winning, the jackpots were progressively getting higher and higher. So the sixteen million dollars was by far. He was just he was getting a smaller cut because he was just kind of like helping them get the tickets and stuff. Okay, so he ends up getting that. Tommy got sentenced to 75 days in jail. <laughs> 75 days. That's 75 too much for me. Uh, he was still a part of it. No, 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 no. Oh, f- personally. Okay, for you, yeah. Yeah, not for Tommy. Uh, in that same month, June 2017 again, Eddie got sentenced to 25 years in prison. And between him and Tommy, they had to split $3 million in restitution. So they definitely, restitution was still heavy on Tommy, but 75 days, that's pretty good with comparing it to 25 years. Yeah, but at the same time, how much money did they get away with? So the 3 million restitution, so Tommy technically could still have access to that money. If he hit it the right way, because they, I'm sure they would have gone oh, through the rest true. of their yeah. accounts and everything. That's true. So I'd unless, like to imagine that they were able to seize the assets there. Yeah, they had to have taken everything when they went to jail. Um 
Tommy was actually, or Eddie was actually let out in July of 2022 on parole. So he served five years of a 25 year sentence. Got a real fucking Hitler situation there. But uh, in his defense, if you are outside of prison, there is a chance that you can start paying back that $3 million in restitution. Yeah, but he probably had $8 million or $3 million in assets that they could have just seized. Listen, don't. I don't know. I'm just I, saying. Listen, you can love the lottery without loving the people that ruined the lottery. Uh, what I'm trying to say is this is a crime and it's still bad. But I would say that 25 years might be a tad excessive. Okay. And he is more of an asset on the outside than what prison would do to him for what he... Like, it wasn't a violent crime. Okay. It technically wasn't a victimless crime. It was actually a very victim-filled crime. Mm-hmm. But if everybody got their money back, um, I think that they only ended up sticking around. I think Hot Lotto closed down in, like, 2018 or 19. So they didn't live through this. So that was a casualty That Yeah, there you go. You know what? I'm back against these guys. Hot Lotto <laughs> should have lived. We have no Hot Lotto now. Great. No, no but yeah, it's just a, a wildly interesting case of the biggest lottery scam in the world. So no matter what it is, I mean, these, these things can still be rigged. They can still be fixed. We and went from discovering the origins of how they would elect senators in Greece and Athens to, to some ha- guy ripping off the people. Yeah. To Hot Lotto. We went All using a similar system. Building our country. Mm-hmm. The roads that these people were driven on were paid through lottery earnings. Like, just a a fun thing. Uh, but again, it, it can lottery, be taken. not the crime. Yeah, it can be taken too far. Uh, if you do have any problems with it, try addressing them. It's something that you're going to have to handle, you know. Nobody can talk you into quitting a gambling addiction. You kind of have to be ready for it. You kind of have to take those steps yourself. Are you like telling me this? No. You're looking right at me and be like, people got to figure this out themselves. I'm just saying. not talking to anybody into anything. It is important for as much as I've praised and dick sucked the lottery the entire time. It is something that's addictive and it is something that can ruin lives. I like it for, I would love to win. I really enjoyed the crazy, and I know it's supposed to be this way, but the nice just bit of euphoria you can just sit there and imagine, take yourself out of the day for a couple hours, but... Yeah, it's probably not healthy, like we said in the but beginning, I but... Also, I also look at that as a way of just being a proper planner. Mm-hmm. If I'm presented with this unlikely situation, being prepared for unlikely situations, it's never a bad thing. No. And unfortunately, some of those bad situations are just not winning that day. That's true. <laughs> All right, man. You got anything else? Nope. We are good. All right. Well, thanks again for joining us this week, and we'll catch you on the next one, guys. Peace. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us for another episode. If you like what you heard, hit that subscribe and like button. Follow us. If you didn't like what you heard, still hit that anyway, because we'll probably cover something in the future that you do like. Um, Please follow us on our social media. Adam, hit him with it. Uh, Our Instagram is historically high pod, historically high pod. And we are on Twitter at historically high. That's historically H.I. All right. And if you guys want to send in any feedback, suggestions, hit us up on those two, or you can even do it on Gmail. It's historicallyhighpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again. Peace.